When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome into the DNBR Rams podcast presented by High Plains Strains, the Northeastern Colorado dispensary providing top quality cannabis and wide variety of products. If you give them a visit, be sure to mention DNBR to take advantage of their deals. Hope everybody has had a nice week. Always kind of weird during that Christmas to New Year's period where some people are working, some people aren't. I don't know, I just feel like I've been moving in slow motion since the holidays. Having three basketball games in 21 days doesn't exactly help it. Looking forward to next week. Just kind of getting back in the groove of things. I don't know, don't get me wrong. Love the holidays, love being able to see everybody. It's just, it's a process when you get older. You've got to satisfy a lot of people, got a lot of people to see. Becomes a whole ordeal. Um... Looking forward to the college football playoff coming up this weekend. I'm going to give my thoughts on those matchups, or I guess Monday, technically not this weekend, but a lot of you will be off. At the very end, I'm going to give my thoughts on traditional media versus kind of digital media and the team-oriented stuff. That was a big point of discussion among CSU fans online. I'm going to give my two cents on it all. Figured it would be better to chime in on the podcast. I did tweet one little response, but... It's one of those that has uh, a lot of things you got to bring up, I think. So I'll give my thoughts on all that uh, at the beginning here. Going to dive into CSU Adams State, just kind of talk about the the matchup a little bit, set the scene for it, some things at stake as far as individuals go. Uh, shout out to David Roddy. He had 15 points last night. Kind of a tough one overall for his Memphis Grizzlies. They fell to the Nuggets 142 to 105 in his return to the Mile High City. But Roddy, 29 minutes off the bench, actually the second most minutes of anybody on the team. I thought he had a pretty nice performance, all things considered. Did a good job of working the paint, kind of asserting himself down low. Got to the free throw line, which was not something that his teammates were doing very consistently. Just a a solid performance despite the team outcome. I still think this is a big year for David, a chance for him to kind of just cement his status as an NBA player. At this point, you know, he certainly carved his role in the rotation, which has been awesome. But now you just want to keep building on it. And the one benefit potentially to Memphis maybe having a down year is it could lead to some situations where David's able to play big minutes and maybe even to have some uh, nice individual performances where he gets a a lot more touches than maybe he would get in a situation where Memphis was a a contending team in the playoffs because it's not 
certainly not looking like they're going to be a playoff team as of yet at this point when it comes to my my rooting interest or uh, my watching interest for Memphis. It's all about David and his progression because I just love seeing him in the NBA. It's awesome to have a Ram in the league. It's just such a strong selling point for CSU men's basketball as a program. So as obviously being a top 15 team, uh, the Rams taking on Adams State Friday night, an opportunity to wrap up the non-conference slate at 12-1. and Adams State, not a particularly great team. They're 3-8 and eight overall. They're 1-4 and four against Armac. Their last game was on December 18th. That was against DU. They fell 88-83, to 83, so pretty respectable overall, though the games against DU and CSU do not count against their overall record. For the D2 teams, it counts as an exhibition. It does, however, count against the record for CSU. So this is not one that you want to drop um, I mean, not too panicked or anything like that going into this matchup. This is one where you expect CSU to take care of business. Uh, win would allow Nico Medved to surpass Dale Layer for the fourth most wins by any head coach in program history, both currently sitting with 103 wins, though Medved a significantly better win percentage than Layer, a Layer 103 and 106 during his time at CSU. Medved currently 103 and 65 win percentage of 0.615 versus layers 0.492. Like I said, CSU can solidify a great non-conference start 12 and one certainly exceeded any of my hopes coming into the year. I definitely thought this team would be a factor. I thought they were being undervalued when they were picked fifth in the league, but to be a top 15 team to be ranked for a program record five straight weeks Monday would be six. It's just something else. And it's been so cool to see see these vets rewarded. I mean, Isaiah Stevens, as I've said a million times, he could have gone everywhere, anywhere. He could play everywhere in the country. You know, he needs 14 points now to reach 2,000 in his career. Already, of course, past Pat Durham as the program's all-time leading scorer in the win over LMU. And just continues to put up absurd numbers. I mean... He's averaging career numbers right now, 17.7 points per game, basically. What he scored a year ago, which was a career best, but he's putting up a career best, 7.3 assists per game, shooting 56% from the field overall, um, 42% from deep. I mean, he's playing like an All-American, and it's not surprising to see him kind of being forecasted as one at this point. Obviously, a, a long way to go still, but... If Isaiah continues to play like this, if the Rams can stay healthy and you get the the type of contributions you've been getting from Cartier and from Joel Scott in the post, if you get Neat Clifford, you know, hitting shots from deep, attacking the lane, this is just going to be such a difficult team to handle because they're so versatile. As far as this Adam State matchup goes specifically, I don't have a, a ton of expectations. This is obviously one where CSU should take care of business win big. Uh, I would like to see the Rams shoot north of 40% from three-point range as a team. They've only done it once in the last five games. They've kind of played a lot of different lineup combinations, so it's really not shocking. But it was something they did four times in the first six, so it would just be an encouraging sign going into league play to have a strong shooting performance, especially given the fact that you have only played three times in the last 21 days. Uh, You know, you could be just a, a tad bit rusty I do think it's big, though, that they are playing this one, especially with 
a really talented New Mexico team coming to Fort Collins on Tuesday just would have been a long gap to not play a game. And that's why you don't really gain much by playing a D2 team other than just the fact that you're playing a, another basketball team and kind of cutting that break down a little bit. Uh, CSU cut the turnovers back down against LMU, which was great. I will be interested to see how sharp CSU is. It already has been a week, went fast. Um, Adam State, like I said, they most recently fell to DU, 88-83 on the 18th. As far as some players you should know go, Destin Williams is their leading scorer at 15.1 points per game. Austin Fidal, shortly behind him at 13.8 points per game. Ultimately, this is one where you'd just like to see the Rams cruise. I mean, anything can get wonky if an opponent hits a bunch of threes, but ultimately you want to see the defense sharp. Uh, You'd like to see the same type of unselfish ball movement that's just become kind of synonymous with this program under Nico Medved. And uh, ultimately it'd be pretty cool to see Isaiah Stevens top that 2000 point mark as well. Would have been cool to see him do it with the students in town in front of a raucous Moby crowd, but the community's done a pretty good job of showing up to support this team either way. So hopefully that remains the case on Friday night. It's been an epic start to the non-conference slate for this team. You just want to see them solidify it and maybe even move further in the rankings. I mean, at the end of the day, the rankings matter a whole lot more a couple months from now than they do around Christmas time. But to be a team that's now been in the rankings for almost six straight weeks, it will be six on Monday. It says a lot about the way that the country currently views this program and I just think it would be really cool to see them extend that streak to multiple months, potentially even be ranked for the remainder of the regular season. That would mean that this team really took care of business in a, in a really deep Mountain West and probably would be in position to win their first ever Mountain West regular season title, which, again, that just feels right. That feels like something that should happen when you have a run like this with a player like Isaiah Stevens and with all these vets. It just kind of feels like the the pieces are in place this year and that this team can really do something special, but they've got to take care of business and close out the non-conference slate against Adam State Friday night. We'll see what happens. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers an exclusive offer just for NBA fans. This week, new customers can bet $5 and get 150 instantly in bonus bets plus score an NBA League Pass subscription on us for the rest of the season. You could bet on the Nuggets-Thunder matchup. The Nuggets currently one-and-a-half-point favorites. That's a really fun game. Uh, Philly, one-and-a-half-point favorites on the road against Houston. Maybe you like the Grizzlies to bounce back on the road against a mediocre Clippers team. The Grizz currently four-and-a-half-point dogs in that one, plus 164 on the money line. Whatever you're into, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that code DNVR. New customers can get 150 in bonus bets instantly for betting $5 plus score an NBA League pass on us. Only DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DNVR. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. To 467-369 in Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 up, age varies by jurisdiction. 
Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. League pass reward issued as promo code to redeem subscription must be claimed by January 15th, 2024. See DraftKings.com slash promos for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. I also want to talk to you guys about game time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. With game time, it's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy, theater, whatever. It's why I love them. I'm a huge stand-up comedy fan. I've been known to support the performing arts. I'd love to check out a good musical or two. And of course, you know, I'm big into going to the games. I'm a huge Nuggets fan, huge Avs fan, get to as many as I can. When I need to find last minute deals, there's no one I do it with other than game time. And it's because they've got all in prices. You can see the view from your seat and they've got the best price guarantee. If you can find a better deal in the same section, the same row, they're going to reimburse you up to 110%. Game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase And around the holidays, there's just nothing better than that. With the zone deals, you pick the section and game time picks the seats and you can save an average of 18%. Seriously, I'm telling you, nobody does it better than our friends at game time. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the app, create an account, use the code DNVR for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code DNVR for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, all right, all right. Like I said in the intro, I am going to give some thoughts on traditional media versus digital media, kind of what I do versus print journalism and all of that, how it all intertwines. Um, I did just briefly want to give a couple of thoughts on the college football playoff. I did go pretty in-depth on this with Jake Schwanitz on the draft pod, but I know not everybody listens to that. I'm really intrigued. I think for the first time, maybe in 10 years, all four teams realistically could win the national championship. I think a lot of years, one team is clear cut way better than everyone else. A couple of times we've had it maybe where it's one or two. I really think one through four, these teams are all fairly evenly matched. I don't think anybody would be favored by more than five or so over the other, which is cool. Um, We're going to start with Washington, Texas, I'm interested to see how that Washington offensive line, which has been terrific, allowing less than one sack per game, how does it hold up against a Texas defensive front that, frankly, has been dominant? I mean, when they beat Bama, that was the major reason why. They were the superior team in the trenches. And I think that's going to be a big factor once again. I mean, Washington is so dependent on that passing attack of Michael Penix Jr., who's just been amazing. He's got great weapons, Polk, McMillan, Odunze out wide. All those guys are studs. I actually thought Washington ran the ball really well against Oregon. That was a big factor if they can do that. Again, create some play-action opportunities over the top. It's really going to open things up. If Texas is able to really pin their ears back, get pressure home, make it tough on, on Penix, who's not extremely mobile at this stage of his career, I, I see a path forward for them, especially if Ewers is... Sharp, I mean, he was great in Tuscaloosa as well, like 350 yards that game, a couple of big-time passing touchdowns. He was really sharp down the stretch once he once he came back from injury. But does he have enough to outduel a gunslinger like Penix under the lights? We shall see. I mean, for years and years, we've heard Texas is back. It feels more legitimate this time than it did in years past, and 
I really think they're going to have a, a big home crowd advantage just with the game being in New Orleans. Obviously, a significant travel advantage for Texas versus Washington coming all the way from Seattle. But I think this is a really fun game. And you've got the Steve Sarkeesian storyline. I mean, he was head coach of the Huskies, left them for USC 10 years ago, kind of did him dirty, said it was his dream job on the way out. I mean, imagine that if you were a Ram fan, if there was a, a coach that left CSU for Wyoming or CU and you had an opportunity to rain all over their parade and go out on the high note for the Pac-12, which is, it's a shame that the conference has played out the way that it has, but I thought that they were the the deepest league this year, top to bottom, just in terms of, I mean, you look at like the sixth, seventh best team in the Pac-12 versus the sixth, seventh team in the Big Ten or the Big 12 where Texas is coming from. It's not even close. I thought that there were times where Washington was kind of running on fumes this year. So I do think the the couple weeks off was probably big for them, but I'm really looking forward to this one. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And frankly, even though I'm a, a Bama guy, I think I'm, I'm looking forward to this Washington, Texas game just as much uh, moving over to that Bama Michigan matchup. Another epic one. You've got all the storylines. I mean, this is a, a game where no matter who wins, there will be, a lot of upset people because Jim Harbaugh, Nick Saban, let's face it, those guys have got a lot of haters online. I'm not here to change your opinion or anything like that, but I do think it's an epic coaching matchup between two guys that really know the game well. A couple of things I'm interested in in this matchup. How does Michigan run the football? They haven't looked quite the same since Zach Zinter went down. I know Iowa's really solid who they waxed in the Big Ten championship game, but did hold Michigan to 1.9 yards per carry. If Bama can do that and force it all on J.J. McCarthy, it's going to be interesting. I do think J.J. is a more pure passer than Jalen Milrow. I think he's a little bit just more consistently accurate. Uh, But both QBs are dynamic. Milrow has been huge this year. He's been able to make some really bigly timed throws. Like He's not a guy that's going to pick you apart all game but he can improvise. He can create stuff with his legs over 500 yards on the ground this year. That was a, a great deep ball. I'm curious to see like which quarterback in those key to four to five moments can elevate their squad and who potentially hurts their team because JJ McCarthy, I mean, you look back at that, that loss to TCU in the playoff last year, Duggan was able to create some stuff with his legs. He ran for a couple of touchdowns. JJ on the other hand had a couple of, untimely turnovers, some pick sixes that really killed them. I think that JJ is a really intriguing quarterback prospect. I think he's great, but people have been poking holes looking to to bring him down all year. So I'm interested to see how he kind of responds this time around. Milrow obviously wasn't even the starter the entire season, started as the starter, got benched for a guy that's not even going to be playing college football next year. Buckner's going back to Notre Dame to play lacrosse. That it just shows you how much of a roller coaster it's been for these guys. But I think it's a really fun quarterback matchup. Two guys with big arms that can make plays with their legs. Two coaches that are really old school. Two defenses that are really stout. I mean, there's just a lot to like about this matchup. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I know that a lot of folks are upset about Florida State being left out. And I've kind of said my piece on that whole situation, but frankly, from a TV viewing product, I do think we got the four best teams. Really excited to see how this plays out. I've got Alabama winning a tight one against Michigan. I've got Texas 
narrowly beating Washington. And then I have Alabama beating Texas in a rematch of the 2010 Rose Bowl for the national championship. I wouldn't say that it's been the most intriguing bowl slate as a whole from top to bottom, but I really think we have an opportunity here for the college football playoff to be one of the uh, better four team pairings than we've had in, in most of these years, which, you know, there've been a lot of blowouts. So we'll see what happens there. I'm obviously pulling for Bama. I'm big Saban fan. And I just think it would be fitting if he pulled it out after all the so-called experts were so eager to bury Bama after they lost to Texas and struggled against South Florida. The funny thing is I wasn't even panicking after the loss to Texas. The, the performance against South Florida certainly had me nervous, but it, it would just feel fitting. You know, every time they try and bury this guy, he reminds the world that he's the, the greatest college football coach in history. I know the majority of the country will be rooting against them. I firmly get it but I'd love to see him pull out number eight. So that's my two cents on the college football playoff. Really looking forward to it. I'm going to wrap up here, give a couple of thoughts on my role in media, how media has changed traditional media versus, you know, unbiased like print journalism, all of that real quick. I do want to shout out the homies over at shady rays. They're an independent sunglasses company that offer a world-class product. It's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn Durable frames, extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. What's especially epic about Shady Rays is it comes with the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every single pair, it's backed by lost and broken replacements. So if you lose or break your pair, even day one, they're going to send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them free within 30 days. Again, no risk when you shop. They always have your back. You can check out the entire collection at their brand new location in the Park Meadows Mall. A full stop shop for all things Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays giving out their best deal. Go to ShadyRays.com, use the code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. I also want to shout out the presenting sponsors, High Plains Strains. They provide top quality cannabis and a wide variety of products. Check them out for all of your needs, including infused edibles, high-potency concentrates, and some of the best flowers in the state. They've got three convenient locations in northeastern Colorado, Log Lane Village, Garden City, and Sedgwick. If you're out there, they are the dispo for you. You can order online at highplainstrains.com. All of their convenient locations have drive throughs which is awesome. Make sure you use that code DNVR online or mention DNVR in stores. For some of their epic deals, including a full ounce for 80 bucks, Veritas 8th for 25, Mammoth 1 gram cartridges for 15, and Exquisite Extracts for 4 for 40. Remember to use that code DNVR online or mention DNVR in stores to take advantage of these high plain strains deals. Finally, I got to give you my DraftKings pick of the week. DraftKings pick of the week. Got Missouri taking on Ohio State in a classic situation of one team wants to be there and one team doesn't. Ton of opt-outs on Ohio State's side, basically none on Missouri's side. They've got Luther Burden playing, their quarterback's there, they've got a strong run game. Ohio State missing Kyle McCord, who has since transferred to Syracuse. No Maserati Marv, Marvin Harrison Jr. won't be playing in this one. I like the Tigers to pull off the upset just because this is a a game they seemingly want more. Get them on the money line at plus 170. Lock it in. DraftKings pick of the week. 
All right, before we get out of here, I just wanted to give a couple of thoughts on a recent debate that started on Twitter actually about a week ago. Uh, the whole thing started based on a debate of some coverage from Broncos News Nation, which is by BJ Rains. He covers uh, Boise State independently. I think he does a really good job, but he obviously is pro-Boise through his coverage, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, he's a a regional outlet, but it kind of sparked up the debate of, you know, traditional journalism versus what BJ does, what I do, where it's more team-oriented. Um, and I, I did chime in with one reply on Twitter. I just said there are plenty of true journalists out there that are just as big as homers, if not more. I don't BS anyone. I say what I think, and I'm honest where my heart lies. As far as credibility goes, I'd argue my work speaks for itself. Um, I, I just kind of wanted to give a couple of more thoughts here because I think more context is needed. I am not trying to, first of all, I'm not trying to say that what I do is better than traditional journalism or like I'm better than a print journalist or anything like that. Uh, I grew up reading the newspaper every day. I listened to sports talk radio, watched ESPN did all of that. Um, what I ultimately wanted to do when I was a kid was be a play-by-play guy. I was a huge Rockies fan, Drew Goodman, one of my heroes still is to this day. Um, if not, I probably would have wanted to be someone like Vic Lombardi on CBS four. I, I got into writing initially after my time with the football team ended, I fell in love with the newspaper process. And if we're being honest, I, I still do kind of miss having that physical product. I, I like holding a paper or a book. But the thing was, we knew we were learning an antiquated skill even when we were doing it. All newspapers at this point are leaning into digital. Um, and, and it's just one of many examples of the way that the industry has changed. And that's really what I wanted to talk about here. It's not to be some chest-pounding gloater that claims what he does is better than anybody else or anything like that. I'm not trying to put down journalism. I have so much respect for any traditional newspaper journalist, the the importance of, of journalism, especially in our society and politics and everything. I mean, it, it can't be understated. But I don't think that people really talk about these things fairly when they start talking about, you know, oh, this guy, he's such a homer. He has no credibility. To me, I feel like your work should speak for itself, especially when you understand the reality of what we're going through, guys. I mean, growing up, like like I said, I I read the newspaper every day. I didn't necessarily expect to be a, a columnist, although if I did work on the print side, I think that would have been my role. It would have been a columnist, not necessarily like the beat reporter, but a guy that injects some opinion into what he does. I just, it's always how I've been. I try and be fair. I try and give everybody accurate information, but I try and tell people where I'm coming from. And as long as I'm not BSing you, I I feel like it's a very genuine approach. I do understand that what I do and what we do at DNVR specifically, it's not the traditional unbiased newspaper that you would have read in 1985, but we don't consume sports the same way, guys. The reason that sports were written that way was because a lot of people couldn't watch the games. You know, that was how people were finding out about what happened in the game was through that recap in the story. Today, it's an antiquated process. I mean, everything about the way we consume sports has changed and it's reflected with the way that sports are covered. 
I mean, you look at a, a newscast these days. I mean, the the sports section, it used to be such a, a big deal. You know, 10 minutes of sports at the end, they tease it for minutes and minutes and minutes, and you had to see it because that was your only way to see the highlights. Well, now, you know, you're on Twitter. You know, back in the day, if, if you missed the sports broadcast and you had to wait till the next day to read the newspaper, again, all of that has changed because of the internet. Sports fans in 2024 don't need the media to access a lot of the basic information that they needed to get from them in 1980. You know, it's more about why it matters, why it's important. And that's kind of how I try and do things, I guess. You know, I do try and give accurate information. I want to make sure that CSU fans are well-informed. But I also want to create content that comes from a place of passion for CSU from uh, frankly, a, a knowledge and level of expertise that I have when it comes to CSU that very few people do. And if you don't like that, that's all right. I'm not going to be for everyone. I, I mean, like I said, there are some old school types that just can't can't accept the fact that I am openly pro-CSU. But the thing is, nobody would believe me if I tried to say that I wasn't. And is it not more genuine for me to say with a straight face, this is where this is where I'm at. This is where my heart is at. But this is, you know, how I think it played out. You know, I try and put the the loyalty aside or, you know, I try and put the emotion of fandom aside and just give you guys the, the most accurate information that you can. And for me, I feel like my work speaks for itself. I feel like I have proven to be credible. I've proven to be critical when necessary. I don't feel like I'm overly critical or one of those guys that tries to be too dramatic. Like, you hear on the radio at times, which is funny. Like nobody gives those guys a hard time for being, you know, homers. It's it's always the writers that get the the criticism here. At the end of the day, I'm just trying to be my most authentic self. I'm trying to be completely transparent with you guys while, you know, also being true to myself. It, it, it's just a, it's a tough process, and, and I get that the industry has changed a lot. I, I don't think people understand how hard it is to make it these days and how few paying jobs there are. So, you know, understand to an extent, you know, we're all kind of playing the game here. But my goal is to create the type of CSU content I wish existed when I was a kid. I wish existed when I was a student. My goal is to connect and grow this community, to have some fun along the way, and I love that DNVR gives me that opportunity to do so, to use my real voice both on the pod and through my writing, and frankly, to not come up here and be a character because that would be silly. It would be silly for me to act like I'm not polling for CSU. It would be silly for me to act like it was just another game when CSU and Wyoming get together, when CU and CSU get together. It's not. And I understand that. And I think that's why you guys listen to the show, why you guys like me, because I am one of you at the risk of patting myself on the back a little bit too much, though. I, I think I do a pretty good job of talking ball accurately, fairly as well. So, I, I mean, it, there's different situations everywhere. Um, I've probably rambled on this way longer than anybody actually cared about the subject, but I just wanted to give you guys some perspective on how this whole thing has evolved, why media is changing, because you guys are changing the way that you consume it. I mean, that's what dictates how any of this works. I think the conversation between national coverage and regional coverage is a whole separate thing, but you know, I, I do think that 
there's a there's a place for traditional journalism, especially when it comes to more national coverage, and there's a place for regional coverage, which you know is kind of more expressed through the lens of what those fans want. You know, that doesn't mean you you just tell them what they want to hear all the time. You got to keep it real with them, or you're not going to have any credibility. But again, that all comes down to the individual, and uh, I hope that I do a good job when it comes to that. That's all I'll say. That's my two cents. I'm going to stop now before I start rambling on, a, on another subject here and extend it another five minutes. But um, yeah, shout out to all of you for continuing to support the content. You make my dreams come true. Always proud to be. Happy holidays and happy new year. Peace.